going there. All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of uh, Maybe, Maybe Next Time. I am uh, your host, William Bluer, with my co-host, Simon McCormack. Nets Nation, you know I'll always prioritize your interests over the interests of the United States of America. <laughs> Pretty baffling intro there, Psy Guy, but good to have you here. <laughs> good how, to be here. How are you doing on this fine Saturday afternoon? I'm better than ever. All right. Uh, we are here as we are each and every week to discuss the Brooklyn Nets NBA basketball team yes. with you. Uh, since we last spoke, we have won a couple basketball games. Yes. We have another one down in Hotlanta tonight. Mm-hmm. A real must-win situation. Yes. We now have the hardest schedule remaining in the entire NBA. Uh-huh. Um, we need to somehow find a W anywhere we can. Yes. Uh, tonight's a must win. But, Simon, before we delve into anything, Nets, I want to... Well, this is Nets related as well, but I wanted to hit you with some rapid-fire cues. Oh, boy. Right Let's at the it. top, I want you to think with your with your other head here. Uh-huh. Uh, um, the head that's strongly attracted Meryl to Street. Uh, uh, Nets figures right. and Nets-related uh, questions uh-huh. and trivia. Did you get a haircut? Yeah. Oh, man. Looks pretty good. Thanks. Yeah, Igor gave it to me. He, um, he it was going fine until at the very end he gets like the hot towel Going on the head, yeah. which is fine. Not not a standard thing, but a fairly common occurrence at a at a barber. But he like puts it on my head, and he's like rubbing my head, and he goes, mm, "Best part, <laughs> best part of the haircut." <laughs> so that was a bit unnerving. But sure. other than that, great. It cut. does sound good. Sorry that uh, <laughs> Bill's blades can't provide you with that sort of service. No, I, I really appreciate it. Not not doing that. Right. Okay. Well, let me hit you with some some rapid fire cues. Just we don't need to dwell. We don't need to go into depth about your answers. Just need quick answers. Okay. First one. Would you, Simon McCormick, rather have, still have, rather, Brooke Lopez or Bojan Bogdanovic on the Nets? I think I'd rather have Bojan, um, just because I think he's a he's a val- more valuable asset. Uh, I I know Brooke can shoot the threes, um, but but Boyan is like, you know, he would be like another Joe Harris. I just feel like he's, he's never tearing had it up shooters, this year yeah. on on the Pacers, as we discussed in an earlier one. But we do not want to delve too deeply into this. Sorry, yeah. Next one: Would you rather have mm-hmm. with your twenty dollar voucher from Barclays Center mm-hmm. chicken tenders and fries mm-hmm. or? Pizza plus half of your beer paid for. So I know you're a big chicken tenders fan. Yeah. But that half a beer coverage is is really what could push that pizza over the edge. Yeah, I think it depends on the night. But I, I would say overall, I'd probably rather have the beer and the and the pizza. Fabulous. Final final rapid fire. Who do you think is more important to the Nets' future, Karis Levert or Jared Allen? Karis Levert. Wow. Wow. <laughs> There's a lot to think about there, folks, mm. but I do not think we have the time right now. Sure. 
Um, all right, so we are going to get into some general Nets news, talk about some specific players here, and then we are going to have a special taboo section. Yeah, that's right. Nets uh, taboos. Nets taboos. I don't want to. I don't want to give too much away, but that's. <laughs> Uh, if, if you want to skip straight to that, let's say go ahead seven and a half minutes. Yeah, and then seven and a half. Don't go any further or any <laughs> any uh, less. Um, all right. So we are going to start with D'Lo news because uh-huh. Simon D'Lo is all over the motherfucking place. Yes. D'Lo news. D'Lo and Karis Levert named to ESPN's top 25 under 25. Yeah. Uh, Levert tied Kyle Kuzma, mm-hmm. who was gotten with one of our picks, mm-hmm. uh, for 21st, while D'Lo came in tied with Lowry Markinen at 13th. Mm. Uh, did you see the list? I did see it, yeah. yeah. I mean, I just um, saw that, that part. I thought it was interesting that Kevin Pelton... So there are three guys who made the list, and mm-hmm. they were averaged from that. Kevin Pelton had D'Lo the highest. Of any of the people. Of any yeah, of the yeah. three guys. And the other two guys, I mean, Kevin Pelton by far, in my mind, is the most respectable of them. One of them is Bobby Marks, who is, a, as we've discussed on the show, a joke. <laughs> um, and the other is Chris Herring, who's fine, but I, I, I would still take Kevin Pelton above it. Kevin Pelton had D'Lo at ninth. Mm-hmm. A top 10, under 25 guy in the league. Which brings me to the next bit of D'Lo news. He, in regards to the Most Improved Player Award, Uh said he is going to, quote, win that shit. I want an honest, truthful, and candid... SMC reaction uh, to that statement. I don't know enough about the rest of the NBA or the other people who would be in contention for that to really know, but it seems like he he should definitely definitely be in in the conversation. I mean, he's averaging 5 more points, he's shooting better from uh 3 and overall, he's averaging more assists, he has the same number of turnovers, you know, he's uh, you know, significantly more assists. Um, you know, I don't know. Effective field goal percentage is higher. He he's better in, in nearly every category, and in, especially in the points. Like it's crazy to be averaging five more points and be shooting better. Yeah. Um, I think the general consensus is that Pascal Siakam mm, is gonna is gonna take that award. This year? I see. And you're a big Pascal Siakam I'm a big fan. Pascal. I'm obviously a bigger D'Angelo yeah, Russell fan. Yeah. But, but, yeah, I, I don't mind a little Pascal. Um, more what I was getting at with this, or at least the way I felt about this, was that one thing I've really liked about D'Angelo Russell and that we've talked about at length on the show is that he has been – he has said all the right things publicly – Right, mm-hmm. and he's been at times when it was when he was being benched in the fourth quarter, um, he remained muted. He did. He said, you know, he deferred to the coach, and he he hasn't really had any media snafus. And now all of a sudden, things like I guarantee I'm going to win this shit. Um, I should be the most improved player. Just sort of makes me think that. 
we might be getting a little bit of the old D'Angelo <laughs> Russell back. The one that led to the issues in L.A., the one that is more egotistical, more outspoken with the media, more candid about... I mean, it's fine to believe that you're the most most improved, but you have to know if you say, like, I'm going to win that shit, that is going to be amplified and ma- magnified throughout um, basketball media. Yeah. Um, and it just makes me a little nervous. Like, if his ego begins to publicly get out there more and more, I... I have to see that getting into some conflicts um, in the future because there are going to be fourth quarters where he's not going to play. Yeah, um, and <clears throat> so I don't know. I just made me a little nervous. It, it also, I, I think to to your point, probably an enormous contract that he's going to sign will probably not deflate. No, certainly not. Go. Certainly not. Um, D'Lo was named the Cajones Player of the Month. I did not know that. By Bam McMahon on the uh, Hoop Collective, Brian Winhurst podcast. Each month, Bam McMahon names the top three Cajones players of the month. Okay. Um, they're generally very good players. Uh, Luca's won it. James Harden is one of the last two months. And this month, D'Lo won it. His supporting evidence for Cajones player of the month was the were the two games, the one in Charlotte and the other one where he was being oh at the Cavs game okay. where he was being mocked by oh, players right. on the bench yeah. and then uh, ended up winning the game basically for the Nets both times um, in addition to which he has uh, the highest he led the league in February in clutch shooting percentage ah. shooting over 60% in clutch minutes okay month. and final bit of D'Lo news we're mm-hmm. going Deep on D'Lo. Yeah. Uh, he was mentioned by the Ringers Kevin O'Connor okay. as right. one of the second half of the season heroes. Yes. Uh, you, you tip of my hat to you, Simon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what did you take away from this little piece of Ringer Gold. Uh, well, one, it, you know, yeah, I, I, as we've talked about, you know, it's it's more accolades for him uh, in the national media. Uh, but two, it, it, it brings up the sort of bugaboo or whatever of, of D'Angelo, um, which is, uh, you know, he, he so, something like he now averages like the most points of anyone who's taken the fewest free throws. Like, I don't know, he just keeps... Like climbing in the of players the that have attempted that. at least twenty-seven shots yeah. per one hundred possessions, Russell has posted which I don't you know twenty-seven out of one hundred. That's so high usage, guys. Yes, uh, he has posted the lowest free throw rate in league history. history. Yes, I'm glad you have that down. Yeah, um, that, that jumped off the page yeah. for me. <laughs> yeah, and so. Um, you know, Kevin o- O'Connor is like, you know, basically says he's he's good now. He could be really, really good if he gets that number up, which I agree with. Um, I mean, I think everyone does. I, and I sort of am comforted by sort of like you mentioned the glue guys thing, you know, that he doesn't have to be a James Harden. Um, I've said that I think he could he could be like a Steve Nashian guy where like if he just averaged like. Let's say next year he gets up to four or three and a half. Well, I mean, like you've got to hope more like, than that, but yeah. But, but, like, yeah, slowly improving on that, like, four would be huge. Like, that, and those are pretty much gimme points for D'Angelo. He shoots 82%, so he's a good free throw shooter. Um, I just think that would be such a 
big thing because he does have games where he's he's quite bad at shooting as any you know shooter uh, does. Um, and it's great that he's getting his assists up. That's really important, and that will you know like the game he had um, the last game we saw against. The Cavs. When we played the Cavs. He didn't have a. He was like fine shooting, but he, um, or no, sorry, two two games. Games two games ago, he had eleven assists. Yeah, didn't have a great shooting game, um, but he had eleven assists and he was you know in control of the offense, and that's like great. But again, free throws, terrific. Got to have them, need them, want them. Whatever. That's t- too much chatter. But the no, no, is, no. Yeah. yeah, point point well taken. Um, so that's all. That's all we're gonna do on on D'Lo specifically mm-hmm. this week. I think it's just interesting that you know uh, I was at I was at pickup basketball today, and, and there's this one pretty serious Nets fan there, and uh, we haven't played together he well, like he or I have been missing um, and haven't seen each other for like two months and I said to him I was like yeah we were trying to figure out like when the last time we talked about the Nets was and I was like yeah I think maybe the last time we spoke D'Angelo Russell, Russell wasn't the consensus best point guard in the NBA <laughs> um, but like it is so dramatic how, how quickly it's happened it does you know it do, that does raise some concern at whether it's um, truly sustainable um, this pretty spectacular season he's having, and especially the last two months he's been having. Um, but let's hope it is. Yeah. And let's max him up. <laughs> um, all right, Simon, you wanted to discuss uh, an article by Brian Lewis. Yes. About Joe Harris being an X Factor. Or, the, sorry, the, the X Factor. X Factor. So, I mean, I think I think the, the other um, arguable X Factor for the Nets um, would be Kudus. But, yeah. But I th- I would, I'd love to hear your and Brian's take on why Joe, <laughs> uh, Joe is the X Factor. Well, so, yeah, I, and I hear you on, on Kudus. They have good record with Kudus. The thing that makes me think that Joe Harris is... Um, is more of one is is just that th- those numbers are tied to how well he does it. Like Kurtz just being there seems to be like beneficial to, mm-hmm. to the Nets. It's kind of like an X factor, right? Right, <laughs> exactly. So like, uh, so for example, uh, the the Nets if they score, if, sorry, if if Joe Harris scores uh, in double figures, the Nets. Are thirty and sixteen when he does not, and he's in the lineup. They are four and twelve, and when he's not in the lineup at all, they're zero and five. Um, so that's a combined zero that and five jumped off that jumped out of that. Article. I know. So they're four and seventeen when Joe Harris either has a, a low mediocre to bad game or doesn't play. Um, uh, that's quite remarkable to me, mm-hmm. um, and. You know, he he just like he is a player that I don't really think about a whole lot. You know what I mean? But I mean, but, I'm thinking about him more and more <laughs> often. Yeah, like, I mean, he's been he's been really really good this season. Yes, um, but but uh, you know that that's just very t- to me very interesting. Um, and he posits a, a perfectly plausible explanation for why those numbers are what they are, which is like when he's hitting, they have to be ba- his defender has to be glued to him, which mm-hmm. really opens up. The floor right. um, and helps with our lack of shooting from our our front court. 
Uh, right, which yeah. which is another thing. Another <laughs> if you if you haven't been reading every Brian Lewis article, you should be. <laughs> uh, the other article he wrote about Alan Crabb oh, and how. Uh, similar thing though with Joe Harris. Like even even if he's not making it, he provides so much more spacing than almost anyone else in the Nets can because the guy really, whoever his defender is, has to attend to him even if he's shooting horribly as he has been lately. Yeah. I mean, he's been averaging five points over the last I don't know five six games. Mm-hmm. It's it's miserable. He's shooting dreadfully and uh, he's he's a real easy guy to hate. Um, I think a lot of Nets Believe fans. Me. <laughs> I think a lot of Nets fans do. I think it's it's obviously a a, a goal of most Nets fans to get rid of him somehow in the off season. Uh-huh. Um, but this is about Joe, and uh, <laughs> I, I I thought that article was great too. Yeah, yeah, very interesting. Um, all right, Simon, I wanted to introduce a new segment. Okay, it'll be brief. I promise. Okay. It's going to be called the Fun Free Agent Watch. Ooh. Um, so I like, and you like, I know as well, talking about the future. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's how we can console ourselves against the anxiety-inducing end of this season, where it's very, very possible that. We end up not making the playoffs. Yeah. Um, so, free agent watch. Now, fun free agent watch is a bit of a misnomer, um, which is curious <laughs> because I did apply that name to it. Uh-huh. Um, my fun free agent is not a free agent, but he has a player option next season. Okay. Um, for $10 million. Okay. And his name... And it shouldn't surprise you after my reaction um, during the Dallas game and my pickup on the waiver wire. Uh, this fun free, quote-unquote, free agent is Dwight Powell. Okay. Simon, Dwight Powell, let me just give you the case for why I think Dwight Powell might be a fun guy to go after. Okay. So Dwight Powell is six foot 11, 240 pounds. Ooh. All right? So he's a big Big boy. Bigger than Jared Allen. Bigger than Jared. He'd be the biggest guy on our team. Okay. Easily. Um, But I want him, obviously, for a four. Uh A stretch four, in particular. Let me give you his numbers since the All-Star break. Okay. Would you indulge me that? I would. I would. Do you feel a bit captive here? (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. So since the All-Star break, he is averaging 33 minutes a game. Ooh, that's an awful lot. He's getting a lot of run, but it is making him shine. Uh, he's averaging 17.5 points mm-hmm. on 66 overall field goal percentage. He's shooting 55% from three on 2.5 attempts a game mm-hmm. for an effective field goal percentage of 77%. <laughs> That's ludicrous. That is outrageous. Do you know how many games that is? Uh, it's like eight or nine games. So a very small, I mean, admittedly a small sample size. Do you know what his, his season stats are? Uh, well, he averaged like 18 minutes a game before mm. this in the season. Um, yeah. That's the sound of somebody trying to bury the season yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, we're just talking since the All-Star break. <laughs> since he's been given time and uh-huh. space to uh-huh. truly show what uh-huh. what Dwight Powell is capable of. Got it. He's also averaging 7.1 rebounds in this time, 3.5 assists. Guy can pass the ball. Um, and so... 
Simon, he is getting paid next year $10 million, but it's a player option. Mm-hmm. What I would suggest the Nets do, he's 27 years old. Okay. So he's entering his prime. Yep. I'm suggesting that the Nets submit to Dwight Powell's agent um, the idea that we would give him, if he turns down his player option, a four-year $60 million deal. So $15 million a year. <sighs> Bill, you Over are... the prime of Dwight Powell's uh-huh. playing career. We lock in a, you know... Above replacement level four uh-huh. for a cheap amount of money, mm-hmm. and then we can focus on refining the guards and and uh, you know the the backup center position. Huh. Okay. How do you feel about that? Well, would you be pissed? Would you? Be I wouldn't into be pissed. It? I wouldn't be pissed. I, my only feeling is like. I I feel why <laughs> I feel like you could maybe get for just a bit more than sixteen million. You might be able to 15 get fifteen million, fifteen, fifteen million. Yeah, you you for thirty three percent more the twenty million dollar range. I feel like you could get a more established player. Um, you know, say like what's his name from the Pelicans, uh, Julius Julius Randle, a younger guy who could build with the team, whose timeline is more in line with us. I got to say, when I went in on this, I thought Dwight Powell was a little younger. (laughs) (laughs) But I'd already... But I'd already invested so much time in his post-All-Star break stats that I had to go for But you know what? I mean, like, I'm sure teams who, like, say don't have a point guard or whatever go through this same thing where, like, you and I are constantly looking with, like, envy at any power forward who is remotely productive. So I right. completely sympathize with that. Also, also he just he crushed us. Oh, he killed it. Uh, he hit five threes against the Nets. Yeah. Then the next game, I picked him up on the waiver wire. The guy went 11 for 12. Wow. Including two that's threes. A good, that's a good it's line. It's a great line. Yeah. It's a really good line. It's part of the reason I'm crushing you this week in fantasy basketball. Yeah, what am I, what am I at now? 2-7? Uh, it was this morning, but... Um, I wisely picked up Alonzo Trier, mm. and he uh, he went four for eight from free throw, along with three for ten from the mm. field, and it plummeted my lead in that and my edge in that. Anyway, not relevant to the <laughs> Brooklyn Nets, but yeah, no, I mean, I uh, who oh God, who was the guy? I, I'm trying to think, like, um, who's the four, whatever for the the Clippers? Maybe he's a five. He's like uh, he's got like Montrez Harrell. Montrez Harrell. He's, he's definitely a center. A center. Yeah. Okay. He's not, and he's not going to stretch anything. Mm, for okay. Him. Okay. Um, Still love him. But, no, yeah. but a, a four on the Clippers. You want to talk fun, exciting? Uh, four we could get for uh, quite a bit more money. Uh, Gallinari. Oh yeah. That guy is a proven Nets killer. He's yeah. also really good, mm-hmm. um, and I think is. Uh, Low key, uh, which is an expression I hate. Low key um, was perhaps low key the best player on the Clippers when they had Tobias Harris. Hmm. Wow, that's um, a bold ass because they've been though. doing just as well, if not better, without Tobias Harris, and a lot of that is uh, Gallinari scorching hot every hmm. night from the uh, from. Very interesting. Field. Yeah, but what is more interesting. Even then, um, Dwight Powell, <laughs> which I had hoped never to spend more than about 30 seconds thinking about until mm-hmm. I saw him 
absolutely devastate <laughs> the Nets the other night uh-huh. um, in their 40-point their loss. His plus-minus, by the way, in that time, just because Dallas is so bad, has been like right. minus eight. Sure, sure, sure. sure. Um, more interesting than all of this, Simon, uh, to me anyway... Are taboos. You got to stop playing with okay, them. Okay, sorry. I'm just worried he's going to start barking. <laughs> no, he's not going to bark. He'll get over it. Um, is our taboos? Uh, yeah. So yeah. taboos. Uh, why, Simon? Are we discussing taboos this week? So this week, unless you've been living under a rock, you know <laughs> that uh, U.S. Representative Ilhan Omar. Um, who is, by the way, that uh, maybe next time, big fan of of Omar. Yes, absolutely. We endorse Ilhan Omar. You can uh, donate to her campaign at uh, True Blue or Stay Blue or whatever that is. Make it blue. You know, it doesn't matter. Donate yeah. to her campaign. Sure. IPEC's going to be gunning for her. For all our Minnesota her. listeners that's, out there. That's right. No, you don't have to be from Minnesota. Um, no, I know anyone can, anyone <laughs> yeah, can yeah. give money to a yeah, representative. Act blue. That's what a... it is. Act Blue. ActBlue.org. Get on there. Uh, no, but so she... She had the audacity to say negative things about Israel and people who support Israel, maybe being influenced somewhat by the incredibly powerful uh, and influential uh, Israel lobby, by the way, which does not, includes an enormous number of non-Jewish people. Uh, but anyway, um, and of course, you know, was, was, uh, reprimanded by her colleagues and, you know, there was a whole resolution passed that started as a direct rebuke to her and then got broadened out, whatever. Uh, so anyway, the point is you're not allowed to criticize Israel. If you do, you're an anti-Semite. How dare you? Uh, so let's talk about some Nets taboos that would get, you know, people fired up and, you know, upset at you and, uh, you know, mount a political challenge against you. Yes. We are we are going to say things that cannot be said yes. aloud about the Nets here. Now, for, for, for me, anyway, the way I approach this, and mm-hmm. I do not know what you're going to say, you do not know what I'm going to say, mm-hmm. um, I... Uh, don't necessarily believe the things that I'm about to say about the Nets. Mm-hmm. But these, but they're just examples of things one cannot say in Nets Nation. Sure. More than they are reflections okay. of any belief that I have. That, that, that may not be true for you. Mm-hmm. You may believe in all of the things that you're about to say. Mm-hmm. For me, I would say I don't necessarily believe. Okay. Uh, would you like to start us off since this is your brainchild? Oh, sure. Thanks, Bill. So... Uh, numero uno on my taboo list, and this is something that I at least think is somewhat real, so it deserves some consideration, but I feel like is, is, uh, is a taboo. I very strongly believe that Jared Allen should not be untouchable, um, in terms of trades, um, if, you know, if if somebody comes along with something interesting, they should not be saying, you know, the Nets should not take Jared Allen off the table, depending on, of course, who it is. I, I'm not saying Dwight Powell, you tra- right. you sign and trade him, <laughs> and you, you get right uh, whatever. But but for, for the right uh, for the right piece, um, and what I, is it that's bugging you about Jared Allen? Because I, I know uh, I have been feeling it quite a bit lately myself. Um, I know some blockmates of ours are not 
super high on Jared at the moment. Yeah. Though he is generally regarded as a very, very high ceiling, high upside, top center prospect in the league. Yeah, and look, we've sung his praises many times on this podcast. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go into the reasons why he's good. Um but to me, it's even on games like the game, uh, the the Cavs game. He had like eleven rebounds, mm-hmm. which is great. But even on even in games when he does rebound quite a bit, it just on so many possessions, it's it's like a he has a real reluctance to get after it. Mm-hmm. And you really see the difference between two players, him and Ed Davis. And Ed Davis is not a big dude. I, he might weigh more than than Jarrett, but he's not a hulking. He's not like, uh, you know, Dwight Howard or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just gets after that ball. You can tell he loves to rebound. He loves to get that ball. And Jarrett just has this, like, eh, he just sort of, you know, like, let's see how much of my body I can get away from the contact while still reaching for the ball. And, like, <laughs> there's, just, there's just a real sort of, like, Lack of desire, and look, I share that desire, Jared. I think if I, as, as a a uh, intramural basketball league player, I probably averaged fewer than you one rebound a game. You are a historically poor rebounder. <laughs> yes, I I don't want to get after it. I don't want the contact. <laughs> I don't want any of that. So I completely understand. That said. I don't think that makes me a very valuable player. No, you are not a future center in the <laughs> yeah. NBA. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just feel like there's there's some of that. There's, like, his size. How long are we going to be able to sustain him getting crushed by every center that he plays? He's very soft. Um, yeah, and, and, and the fact that there's not... There hasn't been... There has been improvement in rebounds. There has been improvement in points. There has been improvement in blocks. To me, there has not really been improvement. I'd li- I don't have any statistical backing for this, but anecdotally, there's not seem to be much of an improvement in amount of centers that crush us. It does seem like mm. it's still a hundred percent. Yeah. So I don't know. That that's my. Okay. No, I think I think that's a that's a perfect entree to this exercise, um, and I will follow that up with a double. Uh, I think that Karis Levert, similarly, should be very much on the trading block. Huh. Um, <clears throat> I could see a... Well, one, I think that Karis's, uh early season accomplishments were extraordinarily... Um, it was it was just a very brief period of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he did play very very well, uh, but it was for what twelve games, something like I that. I think like fifteen. Fifteen yeah. games. Um, so we don't have a long track record of it coming into the season. You and I both sort of disparaged the fact that he was never even able to make it as a starter the season before. Um, this is his twenty fourth year. Whether or not um, he is injury prone is a massive question, since he uh, basically lost out on uh, being a lottery pick and a college star because he had so many foot issues. He's now. 24, and each season he's been with the Nets has either been coming back from injury, gotten injured, you know, something has happened. He's never played a full season or even close to a full season. Um, and I think it, and I think that because of his extraordinary beginning to the season, he is uh, overvalued, potentially. 
I think he does have a potential to be very good. But I do think that also his stock is pretty high because of how hot he was at the beginning of the season. Mm. Um, and so I think that we could get something pretty damn good for him. Huh. And that's one that I kind of-ish believe in. I would have I to be tell. quite a lot to, to do it. Um, one that I definitely do believe in would be uh, Net Should Trade Spencer Dinwiddie. <laughs> yeah. But and that's less know, of a taboo. I don't, I don't know that that's terribly taboo. Yeah. 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 But there's certainly a lot of Spencer backers out there. Yeah. All right. So uh, your next taboo. Okay. My next taboo, Bill, is that... Is uh, I I I feel like Kenneth Fareed. Yes. There should be yes. more talk about him being a black mark on the Nets' uh, history. Both we need f- a formal inquiry into yes. this. Yeah, and uh, both in both for Kenny Atkinson, who I think bears most of the the suspicion, but also Sean Marks. So to start with Kenny Atkinson, one. That guy is crushing it in Houston, even even after Clint uh, Capella, returns, Clint Capella yeah. came, comes back. Like, I I don't know. I I do have. I certainly have sympathy for him. I love Ed Davis, and I feel like Ed Davis. You know, if you had asked me during the time that Kenneth Fareed was on our team, whether Kenneth Fareed should be the backup or or Ed Davis, I would definitely have said Ed Davis. I was not impressed at all with Kenneth Fareed in the few minutes that I saw him play. But he is undoubtedly putting up much better numbers than uh, not not only um, Ed Davis, but frankly uh, uh, Jared Allen as well. Yeah, at least in terms up of monstrous and numbers. As we discussed in the last one, he's a top twenty-five per guy at the moment. Yeah, um, which is better than any net. Uh, yeah, no, I think that there's there's real. We really need to figure out why there are these guys that just will not work in. Uh, in Kenny's system. Yeah. And then the second thing is, what the hell was that buyout? Like, I, I mean... I, maybe, Great point. Maybe that is, that's the bigger issue, yeah. He was... Uh, maybe he was truly a locker room cancer and people were, you know, really disliking but him still, and he was a wait cloud. like a week. Right. He Trade was, him. Right, exactly. He was clearly desired by at least one team uh, who put him to immediate use. Uh, the second thing is, like, just as trade filler, that's an $11 million or something like that wonderful contract for, for creating equity in a trade, like, creating salary equity in a trade that we just did not have. A- after that, the only player that, like, the Nets have two types of contracts after the Kenneth Reed, like, very high contracts, like your, your, your crabs, crabs. And, and your Damari Carrolls, or very low contracts. Yeah. Um, so there was no one like in between in that nice cushy middle, uh, where you could have traded, say like a, a, I don't know, the Denver pick or the, or the Knicks second round pick, um, and a Kenneth Fareed and gotten a good stretch four or decent stretch four or something, something out there. We got nothing for Kenneth Fareed. We gave him almost every dollar he was owed, uh, for the entire season. Right. Um, anyway. Yeah. No, I know. I, it it is it is baffling. I don't I don't and you know, it was suggested maybe in the Glue Guys or something like that that we did it because we wanna develop a good relationship with his agent who is a powerful agent. But 
from what I understand, and granted, it is not a a. Uh, I don't wish this understand uh, understanding on my worst <laughs> enemy. Uh, it is a limited understanding, <clears throat> sure. folks. But from what I understand, any any time that someone says, "Oh, well, I get," like when the rationality breaks down or rationale breaks down to, "Oh, well, they probably did it as like a favor to an agent," like. Those favors are never repaid. It's just sort of like an excuse to 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 try to rationalize what happened mm-hmm. as like, well, maybe that's it. Right. But it's not like a it's not a quid pro quo thing. Like you're not getting some like you're certainly not guaranteed anything from right. that agent. And largely, there's no correlation between you having done an agent right and then you getting something that you want well, later down the road. Right. I I also feel like in these sorts of discussions, it, it is worth pointing out that. Uh, uh, that agents work for players. They can, you know, they they likely have a player's ear, and that counts for something. But but this thing, there's such weird talk about like, oh, if an agent, you know, he's pushing like X Y like Anthony Davis, he's pushing him there. Like it's like, well, Anthony Davis is a human being with a brain right. who is the one paying his agent, right, and is and, the and boss of him. Basically, so like a, it, all of the power, right? Yeah. So it's weird that it's like, oh yeah, you get an agent on your side, you got you know. No, the, these are just mindless drone players who it just so happens are the boss of these people. Anyway. <laughs> right. Um, my next one <clears throat> is going to be the one that, that uh, the m- biggest caveat needs to be placed in mm-hmm. front of. Mm-hmm. This is one that I definitely don't... I would not subscribe to it, but I wanted to say it because it, it feels very taboo. Okay. Um... The Knicks will win a championship before the Nets do. Whoa, Bill. Yeah, well, 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 well. So here's where the argument would go on that one. Okay. Um, and again, this is not my argument, but this is where I guess, you know, what what the argument would be. Um, Nets preach culture. We're doing all the right things. We're getting lauded throughout the league. Uh, people are dumbfounded that players are interested in going to the Knicks when there's a much better run organization um, just across the river, mm-hmm. uh, over here in Brooklyn. And 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 yet, the, big, the, the seeming inevitability at this point is that Kevin Durant is going to be a Nick mm-hmm. next year. Mm-hmm. If Kevin Durant is a Nick... there is a not small probability that someone named... Uh, Kyrie Irving is also going to be a Nick. They are currently effortlessly the worst team in the league, mm-hmm. um, meaning they have a very high likelihood of potentially getting Zion Williamson, mm-hmm. which would be extraordinary. Yep. Um, and they also got a few pretty decent future assets for... Yeah, Dennis um, Smith Jr. is nothing to sneeze no, at. No, it's nothing to sneeze at. Uh, although if Kyrie Irving came, he would be pretty relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, but he could at least fetch you something. Nice yeah, if yeah, you, you could. To trade you could him. turn, and then they got some first picks, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there is just something that players really like, and I guess you know Madison Square Garden has the the allure. Everyone plays better in the garden. Everyone wants to play in the garden. Um, it has a much more storied history than the beloved Brooklyn Nets. 
Um, so it's conceivable that if superstars start going there and they get an incredible pick this year, um, and you know one of the the balls, lottery balls, has been microwaved beforehand, so they know to pick the uh, the right. Knicks, right. Um, that they could get um, Zion Williamson, who could be a you know historic transformative player. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's 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 possible they could they could. They could be a more serious contender. I mean, if they get Kevin Durant next season, they're very likely going to be a better team than the Nets. Mm-hmm. Right? Fair. Right. Okay. So that's a taboo. Yeah. There you go. Yes. Um, I actually had one. I don't really... I, I don't think there's... I, I'm fine. I don't think it's very good. I have one more. Okay, do it. No, but we've do already it. talked Let's... about it. It's not, it's not very good either. Okay. Um, well, but I'll, what the hell. Uh, Spencer <laughs> hates D'Lo. Whoa! Uh, I think we should. I think it, it. It's the elephant in the room. <laughs> I have. I, I mean, you. You accuse me of of sort of um, tinfoil cap interpreting things that Spencer says. Um, but and to me, LeVert. there's there's no no. Karis LeVert <laughs> is body language on the court. <laughs> Uh, Karis LeVert has never been quoted, as far as I know, saying anything that would suggest he's Mm. resentful of D'Angelo Russell. There are myriad things that um, Spencer Dinwiddie has said that would imply he is extremely resentful of D'Angelo Russell, of those who are drafted. That's how the league works. The league privilege doesn't – it's not a meritocracy. It's just – we've been through this before. Like, I think it's – I think people should realize that Spencer Dinwiddie – uh, the ta- there's a taboo against criticizing a beloved six man, but the guy is in a league full of narcissistic egomaniacs, uh, almost unrivaled in his narcissism and <laughs> egomania, or at least, or at the very least, in publicly espousing things. Sure. Who knows what's going on in players' minds? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that, anyway, is a taboo. Uh, Simon, is that good? Are we good on taboos? We're good. We're good. Okay. Act blue. Act. <laughs> All right. So, Simon, I know this broke your heart, and I don't know how it eluded our vigilant monitoring of activities that occur at Barclays Center, but the NBA 2K draft. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Happened at Barclays. Mm-hmm. There is apparently a team, a Brooklyn team, that's owned by one of the owners. I don't know if it's Prokhorov or, or yeah, Josai. I think whatever it is, it's like the the Nets organization. Yeah, the Nets it. organization owns. It's called Brooklyn GC. Mm-hmm. Um, so the I just want to bring up this quote from its GM Coom coach. Okay, uh, it says. <laughs> He said in a quote about the draft of NBA 2K, a video game, uh, we are very old. Um, <laughs> it's going to mean a lot to the city once they recognize they have a pro NBA 2K league team here now. Uh, agree or disagree? Disagree. If it doesn't mean a lot that you have an NBA team in Brooklyn, no, it which it clearly nothing. doesn't yeah. since we have the worst attendance in the league and horrible TV ratings and all the rest, right. even though we have the best um, TV team right. in the in the right. uh, game-calling team yeah. in, the, in the country, I cannot imagine people are going to care that we have something that, honestly, before this article came out, I did not know existed, which is an NBA 2K professional league. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I have so I have less than zero interest in the NBA 2K League. It, it is, as you said, a sign of my age that I can't really fathom watching someone play video games as a, an entertaining thing. But, I thought most of the, the appeal of NBA 2K2 was like, kind of like, remember how um, uh, someone we knew in high school uh, liked Tony Hawk not really for skating, but for like being able to choose outfits, their outfits? Yeah. I thought the whole thing about NBA 2K was like, it was fun because you got to team manage and like build a roster and things like that, and less about like actually playing a basketball game. I, I, I don't know. I mean, again, I, I realize to our younger uh, listeners... We this, seem like yes, the I'm just lamest human beings yeah, in yeah. the world. Yeah. Yes, and I'm aware of that, and I just can't... I can't hide my my age on okay. this one. You know what? We're going to move on from that. Okay. Um, so, <clears throat> I think what we're going to do is we are going to stop recording right about now. Uh, we have, as every listener knows, a real big game against the Atlanta Hawks right now. Mm-hmm. Or not right now, but in two hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to come back after the game, give our quick reaction to it, uh, what it means. You know, Hopefully it's a W. Um, and then talk about the upcoming schedule just for a few minutes after, after this break. Great. But before we go to this break... Um, and <laughs> sorry, just had to <laughs> get coach off of my hand, which yeah, is now bleeding. We need, we need a break. Uh, we do need a break. Um, I wanted to ask you, Simon, before we go to this brief break, and you were about to get a, that great uh, song interlude suggested by Lip Sanity, who may or may not listen to this podcast still. Oh, great. Um, what is your prediction for tonight's game against Ox? We are, by the way, a 4.5. Uh, 4.5 point favorite. Mm, yeah, and one of the few games left when yes. we will be favored. Um, I think we get a W, Bill. You know what? In uh, in my NBA Pick'ems League, mm-hmm. I picked the Brooklyn Nets Whoa, to beat Bill, that spread. Right. I'm putting my money where my mouth is. Let's go Nets. Let's beat the out of the Atlanta worthless Hawks. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope Jared Allen, I feel like, gets up against the Hawks because he uh, has a little beef with John Collins. John Collins, sure. Um, wants to show that he was the better pick, the yeah. better center. He wasn't. Oh, come on. He <laughs> I, might be. He might be. He might be. Yeah. Uh, too soon to, to say on that one. I know you're down on Jared. I think everyone is. But I think he's going to gain about 40 pounds in the offseason. All right. We will be back with you shortly. After the game, and uh, we'll see you next half. Is that yeah, what we see did? you next half? See you next half. Hey, Buck. This is actually recording. Yeah. <laughs> so welcome back. We're yeah, we're going uh, we're going live again. Here we are. The Hawks game officially in the bag. It's a W for the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, huge win tonight. Our playoff matchup podcast no longer seems in vain. Yeah. We are. This is it's a done deal, folks. We hit <laughs> the thirty-five mark. We're in. It's over. Yeah. Go to bed. I truly, folks. As I was telling Bill off mic, uh, we look like we're in some pretty serious trouble for the next fourteen games. 
because oh. we looked horrible, absolutely horrible. <laughs> wow. Hey, we just got a W. Let's well, say I, positive here. <laughs> I mean, we uh, you say that you thing. say half empty. I say half full. As we're going to the playoffs, we're not winning another game. <laughs> All right. Well, mixed reactions from this Hawks game from the Maybe Next Time crew. Yeah. Uh, it has been a pleasure podcasting with you yeah. this week. Absolutely. And we'll go ahead and see ya next time. I was tired of my lady. We'd been together too long. Like a worn out recording of a favorite song. She lay there sleeping I read the paper in bed And in the personal columns There was this letter I read